Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here because mathematizing is not about mimicking or memorizing. It's about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? So we just had some time off from school, right? Big holidays, big breaks, time with family. I actually, Pam, got to do some algebra homework with my niece and nephew. (laughs) Fun. And um, so it got us thinking, Pam and I, thinking about how we typically spend time talking with the littles in our lives when we see them after it's been a while. And of Mm -hmm. course, we do math with them. (laughs) So we decided to call this episode 10-Minute Math. Because if I've got 10 minutes, I'm doing math, right? right? I mean, like when when uh, we run into those littles, like you just said, people maybe we haven't seen for a minute, um, we like to play around and playing around with mathematics is fun. So we decided to title this episode after a book that we both love uh, that we used several years ago called 10 Minute Math. Uh, it's got some great ideas for doing math in short bits of time. Today, we thought we'd talk about some of the things that we do when we have just a few minutes. So... Uh, this last Saturday, I was working uh, with some gals in my church, and we were helping out a family, and um, uh, there were lots of jobs to do, and I got the best job because I got to play with the kids. So I had four <laughs> kids, um, and I sort of just kind of kept them entertained for a couple of hours. We did some swings and stuff, but in the meanwhile, there were some times where we kind of had some downtime, and I would grab that two-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, and seven-year-old, Ooh. and yeah, so I like here they, here they were, littles, right? And um how do you keep them? Uh, that range, that's a gap, right? I mean, that's that's quite the gap from two to seven and, and, and in between. What do you kind of do with those kids? So we thought we'd just share like some of the things that we kind of do as we have kids and we're kind of inter- not only entertaining them, but ourselves because it's right. so fascinating to hear how they think. Uh, so one of the things I did was I did the finger flash game. So I literally would hold up fingers, uh, like maybe I'd hold up three fingers on one hand and I would say, hey, how many? And I would kind of have to have the, the or had to have some chats with the older kids about how not to yell it out when I was letting the, the tiniest two-year-old, oh my gosh, Kim, she was so cute. Aww. She totally could count to 10. It kind of messed up between six and eight a little bit. But but for the most part, I'd throw up those, those three fingers and she would go one, two, three. It was so excited. And then I got to, to say back to her, so how many? Yes. And she would count again, one, two, 
three. Uh, and I would say, no, so how many? <laughs> I was totally testing for carnality, right? right? And the four-year-old, that second time that I said it, just couldn't keep it in anymore. And she would go, three, there's three. And the two-year-old would look at her like, oh, is that what I'm supposed to say? And I would like, yay, there's three. And then I would flash some more fingers. And when the two-year-old kind of got a little bit tired of it, which honestly doesn't take all that long, then um, I turned to the older kids. And then I started flashing like five and the seven-year-old instantly five. And then I would flash six. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the seven-year-old had to recount. So five, I could flash, she knew five. But when I flashed six, then she recounted the five to get to six. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, so how many? And she would say six. And so I'm like, ah, so you can recognize numbers under five. And she could. Any any numbers I flashed under five, she and the five-year-old, they could both recognize and, and sort of say what they were. But as soon as I got over five, that was less. Um, and they would kind of count them all. So I started doing a little bit of work with them. So I would, uh, instead of just flashing seven, I would flash five. They'd get five. Then I'd flash seven. They'd recount and I would go, oh, that's interesting. So once you got to five, then you just said six, seven. Hmm. And then I would maybe do the six after that. I'd flash five, then I'd flash six. Well, that's interesting. After you get to five, then you just said six. Y'all, then when I did seven again or eight and I would, fl- I would flash the five and then I would flash the eight, pretty soon that five-year-old and that seven-year-old started starting with the five, five, awesome. six, seven, eight. And I was like, sweet. You know, I'm like, learning's occurring as we're talking. Then I would flash 10. Oh, that's 10. We know 10. Yay, we yep. know 10. Then I would flash nine. Nine. <laughs> Those sweet little deers would start over and count them all. And I would go, that's interesting. You said this was how many? 10. And you just said this was how many? Oh my gosh. That first time they recounted to nine. And I was like, yep, sure enough. That's nine. So wait, this was 10 and this is nine, nine, 10. Interesting. And then I would work with some other numbers. So trying to get kids. Oh, I, I, let me mention flash 10 again. Then I flashed 10 and one more and they had to count. And then we got to 11. And uh, anyway, so that was, that was fun. That was one thing to kind of do, kind of have some fun. Um, As soon as that got a little bit boring for all of them, um, which again, doesn't take too long. Remember, these are short bits of time. We don't want to kill. We're not, we're we're trying to bore anybody. We're just trying to have a little bit of fun and then move on. So uh, then I started to do, I have you need. So I said, Hey guys, if I want 10 fingers and I hold up both hands, you know, flash all 10 fingers. If I want 10 and I only have eight and I would put down two fingers, if I only have eight, so I'm calling it now, now I'm calling it eight. They can see my two fingers are down. I'm like, how many more do I need to have 10? Well, sure enough, those older kids were just looking at the two fingers I had down and they're like, Oh, you just need those two. And I was like, sweet. Well, what if I have five? How many more? Oh, you just need five. So we just played, I have you need with them kind of looking at how many fingers I have down. Now, if, uh, we had a little bit more, um, if I'd had some more time with them and they had a little bit more stamina, then I might have then put my fingers down and tried it. Hey, so if I have nine, how many do you need if I have 10? Mm-hmm. Notice that I'm using numbers that are close to 10. I don't say things like, if I have one, how many do you need? Not without fingers first. Um, because those numbers that are farther from 10, if kids have not conceived of the, the partners, say between seven and three, then if I say, I have seven, how many do you need? Well, they can count those three, right? They might even be able to not even see my fingers and say seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. They might be able to do that without seeing my fingers. But y'all, if I start with three, they've got to count seven to get to 10. That's much harder for them if they haven't kind of conceived already of the partnership uh, for 10. So we played a little I Have You Need. That was uh, that worked for a little while. Uh, we also did the alligator song, which I'm learning not everybody knows. I don't know. I learned this, <laughs> I learned this one growing up uh, where you're like, um, 
it's kind of like the five monkeys jumping on the bed yeah. where uh, along comes Mr. Alligator, quiet as could be, and snap that monkey right out of that tree. So that if we started with five monkeys in the tree or five monkeys jumping on the bed, and then you snap that one, then how many are left? How many are left in the tree? How many are left in the bed or whatever? Oh, so four little monkeys hanging in the tree, teasing Mr. Alligator, can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Alligator, quiet as could be, and snap that monkey right out of that tree. And then of course they're all jumping with the snap, you know, and that's exciting. Uh, and then they get to, you know, sort of count down. Now you might be like, well, Pam, if they can count up, why are you messing with counting down? Mm. Oh, y'all, it's a whole different animal. We need kids to um, have practice both counting up and counting back. Counting back is very important. Um, uh, additionally, for kids to sort of get that, that, that progression of number words, forwards and backwards. So uh, right. that could be a way to do that. Uh, whatever little ditty you've got, whatever song that's kind of fun to kind of count backwards. So one more thing that I did with them, we were on the swings a little bit and then we had a little bit more downtime. And so I was like racking my brain. I'm like, what else could we do that would be kind of fun because it's fun, right? And I wanted to have a little more fun. I decided to try something I've heard Kim do. I think I was a little less successful than Kim, but it was fun. It was still, it was still fine. I can't, I, I wish you were there. Cause I, I really kind of wanted to poke your brain a little bit. You'll have to tell us a little bit more about how you do it with your kids, but I'll start off with what I did. So I said, Hey, how old are you? And she said, I'm five, I'm five. And I said, Oh, and how old are you? I'm seven. I'm sorry. I was like, cool, cool. So you're five and you're seven. How old will you be next year? And the five-year-old kind of looked at me and then she's like, oh, six. And I was like, yay, you're going to be six. That'll be great. And you're, you're seven. How old will you be next year? I'll be eight. Oh, okay, cool. So if you're five and you're seven next year, you'll be six and eight. How old will you guys be the next year? Mm-hmm. And, and we did that a little bit, right? A little, that, that didn't last very long. Um, that, that wasn't real exciting. I tried to do, well, so if you're four, cause we had a four year old, right? If we're three, I don't remember exactly, but if you're four and you're five, then if, next year you'll be five how old will you be the point at the five year old mm-hmm. will you be that was a little bit too much they couldn't kind of uh think about how far apart they were uh, yeah so that we could go on because kim i think that's yes. what you've done am yes. i right yes that's my favorite <laughs> that was my favorite thing to do so so um my boys are three years apart almost exactly they're three years and like 10 days apart and so nice. we explored that a lot particularly because one would turn older and then they'd be four years apart for 10 days, supposedly. Um, and so, uh, when Cooper was old enough, I can't remember exactly how old he was around this age, maybe a little bit older than the kids you're talking about, but I would say to him, Hey Coop, so you're seven. How old is Luke again? And he would just know. And he would say, Oh, he's 10. And I would say, so when you're 10, how old will Luke be? so nice. Right. And so, um, we, I would ask him all the time, like, Hey, when, when, how, how far apart are you guys? And he would say, we're three years apart. And I would say when you're, oh my gosh, when you're driving and you're 16, how old will Luke be then? And he, for a while would count up 16, 17, 18, 19. And then it was crazy because I asked him a lot. And especially if I were, was at a, a benchmark year, like 20 or 15, he could just tell me. He just knew three more. Um, and so nice. to, to introduce the idea or the game with my older one, who was three years older, it <laughs> needed to be a little bit more challenging. And I am 30 years older, almost exactly, than my oldest son. I had him when I was 30. So yep. we would do the exact same questions. I would say, hey, Luke, you're uh, nine right now. How much older am I? 30. Okay. So how old am I right now? You're 39. And we would scale up and down 
basically a number line asking different questions. When mom's 49, how old will you be? How old will Cooper be? And we played that game a ton just to get that comparison. So I'm curious, did you ever say, so how old was I when you were born? Uh, they already knew that, but I did oh, a lot okay. of like older age stuff. When, when you're my age, how old will I be? Nice. So like not including the numbers um, specifically, but what they already knew. Yeah. And so brilliant because you're exactly 30 years and 30 years right. isn't that hard to handle, right? That's, right, a, right. that's a, of all the numbers that could feel harder. So sure. I'm curious, did you ever bring your husband's age into that? Oh yeah. Because he's two years older than me. <laughs> nice. So there was a lot of, a lot of um, age conversation happening in our house for a, quite a while. Now, now they're, um, they're older. And so they're not as interested in that particular activity, but I have, I have others that I, that I do with them. In fact, one of them Tell us, tell us. Math Strat Chat, right? They, Woo! My younger son, who is Kim, nine, I got to tell you, I did not conceive that when we came up with Math Strat Chat, the, the number talk for the world, I did not conceive that your kids were going to oh. be the ones that were playing with it. Because how yeah. old are your kids now? They are nine and 12. Yep. Oh, yeah, three years, right. <laughs> <laughs> they are nine and hey, 12. Hey, they're still three years apart. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. That. Um, so the other night, actually, I think it was last week, um, Cooper came running in and he said, mommy, what day is it? And I said, oh, Tuesday, it was either Tuesday or Thursday. I don't know. No, it must've been Tuesday. And, uh, and I said, Hey, don't worry. We haven't missed anything because I knew exactly why he was asking. There's only one night that he asks me, what day is it? And it is <laughs> Wednesday night That's so around awesome. bedtime. He knows that math strat chat is coming out and he wants to know, is it going to be something he, uh, could do? And I said, don't worry, we haven't missed it. And he was so disappointed. And um, I because said, Because it hey, wasn't out yet. Like, it wasn't out. It was, it was, it was night. the night before. Yeah, it was the night before. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, we've got that to look forward to tomorrow. Because he just, he thinks of math as fun and playfulness and exploring. And so I said, hey. And to be clear, that's because you have made it this fun, exploring, cool yeah. thing to think about and to do. I just want to give And he's had some that. great teachers who have done the same. It's nice. he's had, nice. They've both had some really nice experiences. Anyway, so I said to him, let me see what else I've got up my sleeve. Sorry about this kid. And so I said, oh, have we ever done which one doesn't belong? And, and my other son came wandering up around the same time and they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I went to Twitter and I typed in, um, W O D B and I found lots for, of which, for one, doesn't which one doesn't belong. Uh -huh. Right. Uh -huh. And that is another thing that they love now. And, and what's amazing about both of those, uh, routines, master chat chat and which one doesn't belong is that there are so many different entry points, right? There's mm, which one doesn't nice. belong is, um, Shows four images. It could be four numbers, four pictures, four whatever problems, for yeah. graphs, for uh -huh. and the idea, right? You know, is which one of the four one doesn't belong? But the like yeah, but the but the trick of it is, or the the thing about it is, is you can part. find something that doesn't belong for all four of them, and so. Um, that's the I, extension, right? That 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 yeah. helps kids keep thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so point. both my boys were over my shoulder. We are scrolling and and we had a great time. And um, you know, I now I've got to find another thing <laughs> that they can do. <laughs> so let's let's land on which one doesn't belong for just a minute because okay. I've actually had some teachers push back a little bit. I've been throwing out which one doesn't belongs on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I had a couple of teachers push back when they said, um, 
like they gave a, for instance, I think it's C, C doesn't belong. And I said, okay, cool. I like your reason for C not belonging, but do you have reasons for A, B, and D? Right. And they said, uh, is that, is that a thing? And, and a couple oh. of the teachers were like, oh no, have I done it wrong? And I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not wrong or right. It's just more fun to come up with reasons why each one sure. of the choices doesn't belong. And then they were like, oh, okay. But then a couple of the teachers pushed back and they said, well, I, I wouldn't require kids to do that for all four. And I said, yeah, but, but let them what like, they so can. It's, it's, yeah. it's not about requiring, like then they were sure. saying, are you going to grade them wrong? If they don't, you know, it could take points mm. off if they can't find wonder. <laughs> to me, it's so far from grading. It's not right. about taking a grade on which one doesn't belong. It's like having fun. Right. So it's about stretching. Can you find a reason for each one of them not belonging? And then once uh, the class or the group has sort of shared, oh, I can think of a reason for each one of these not belonging. Then can you think of a cooler one, a more clever one, one right. that you're like, like we're looking for the ooh factor, like ooh nice, oh, I like that reason. Like we're sort of that's what we're that's what we're striving for. That's why your kids find it so fun to talk math with you because then you have those moments where you're like high fiving them and you're like yes, oh yeah. sweet thinking, kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. So another thing that we like to do when we have a few uh, minutes with maybe some older kids is who knew how important it was that I can find anything plus 10, like pick a number and we need kids to know that number plus 10. So sometimes when I'm, uh, in fact, I was at our church the other day, we were helping clean the church and um, there was a few moments where I was standing in the foyer, uh, a 10 year old was hanging around. And, you know, what are we going to do? Got 10 minutes. We're going to chat. Now. So, so I said, Hey, Hey, do you know what's, what's, and I just kind of randomly choose a two digit number. What's 28 plus 10. And she looked at me like, this is yeah, no problem. It's 38. And I said, what's 28 plus nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, then there's that look on her face. Like, and so I said, well, you said 28 plus 10. And then I don't finish the sentence. Right. I wait 28 plus 10 it was 38. She says, yeah, 38. So 28 plus nine would be Kim. Oh, oh sorry. I'm going to make, I'm gonna make you do it. <laughs> so Kim, will you be now the kid? Will you be the kid? Sure. I should have warned yes. you. Okay. All right. So if I choose some random number like 83 plus 10, that is? 93. So then what's 83 plus nine? 92. What if I have 151 plus 10? 161. So then what's 160? Uh, sorry, 151 plus nine? 160. Ooh, right? Right? And that, now kids are like thinking about the pattern. And even though one plus nine is just 10, uh, they're thinking about the pattern. So they're thinking about that 161 minus one. We get some really nice sort of patterning going Mm -hmm. on. Now, if kids, if that's like too easy, you know, maybe I might throw something out like, what's 747 plus 10? 757. So 747 plus nine? 756. Bam. Then I might throw something out like, so now we've got anything plus 10, anything plus nine. Could I do, Hey, let's go back to that 48. Hey, what's 48 plus 100? Mm, 148. So what's 48 plus 99? 147. Right. So then could I say something like what's 202 plus a hundred? 302. So then what's 202 plus 99? 301. Right. It's just one less than that 100. And I'm starting to get kids to just kind of think about this idea that if I know what any number plus 10 is, I can think about any number plus nine, any number plus 100. I can think about that plus 99. So, Kim, if I said to you, what is two thousand four hundred and sixty six plus 100? 
2,566. So then what's 2,466 plus 99? 2,466 plus 99? Yep. Yeah, 2,565. Bam. And do we let kids keep track? Absolutely. Yes. In fact, I'll be honest. Yes. I totally just wrote down the number 2,466 in order for me to check you because I have a harder time keeping all those numbers in my head. Right. And the um, goal is not that, right? Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If you need to keep track, no. Now, if you're driving, maybe don't keep track while sure. you're listening to the podcast. But but we don't um, we don't limit kids from being able to sort of keep track. What we don't want kids to do is write down 2466. And then 99 right. underneath that, draw right. the line and do all the care. We want them to think about plus 100 and then how that can relate to plus 99. Right. Y'all, we could be crazy. We can ask things like, what is 240, what have I not done? 249 plus 1,000. 1,249. That's not too bad, right? So then what's 249 plus 999? Uh, 248. <laughs> <laughs> right? 1,248. I know. Yeah, yeah. And then I could keep going and we could keep out. The bigger the numbers get, absolutely, we would want to have kids be able to sort of keep track. So big idea is to ask sort of sure. a, a random number plus 10, then follow it right with plus nine. Then if you can ask plus 100, then follow that with plus 99. And if you can ask plus 1,000 and then follow that plus 999. There's great ways for kids to start thinking about, oh, those are friendly numbers. Those are some relationships that I could mm -hmm. use um, to, to solve problems, even when we're not just playing around with things. All right. So Kim, um, I kind of only a little bit warned you that I was going to do this. I want you to tell us, um, how do I even explain? Y'all, Kim is this master of assessment. What do I mean by that? <laughs> what I mean is that I can give her a kid and I can say, Kim, tell me what this kid knows. And Kim does this bizarre kind of crazy <laughs> cool thing. I've learned so much from watching you work with kids where uh, literally I've just said, hey, kind of tell me, you know, like figure it. In fact, my niece one day, we sat down with my niece and I was like, help me figure out kind of what's going on uh, with my niece. And Kim will do one day, Kim, I saw you literally pull out the coins out of your purse and you threw them on the table and you were like, hey, yeah, uh, Pam wants me to talk to you about math. But before we do that, yeah. we just help me real quick. I need to know how much money I have. Yeah. And then you just interacted with this kid for two or three minutes with those coins on the table. And then you looked up at me and you said, this is what they need to work on next. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, in the, in the so landscape of number, right? So, you know, I can mm -hmm. take some other stuff with other areas, but nice. listen, it's, it's less for me. First of all, I absolutely, my very favorite thing above all is interacting with students. I find such joy in that. And part of that probably is because I find what they have to say so interesting. And I find it so interesting to figure out kind of what are you thinking about right now? And, uh, what do you already know and kind of what's next for you on the horizon? And so a lot of times, if you can have a conversation with a kid, not going into it with some uh, pre-written like set of questions and um, just genuinely asking things and listening to what they're saying. So, you know, you say this about me all the time and I, and I wish that I had some magical answer, but really I feel like I engage in a conversation Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times you and I will say, and other people will say, ask, how do you know? But it's not, um, ask That's not the only question, right? It's not ask kids a question and say, how do you know? And they respond and you say, how do you know? And they respond and you, it, it, it's less about that and more about, um, 
they say something and you're intentionally listening to what they're saying to see if you can continue the conversation, right? You're not listening just to respond. You're listening to listen and to hear them. Um, so you might to actually think, figure out what they're thinking about. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you, when you have a conversation with kids, um, you might say something like, how did you think about that? And then listen to what they say. And you might say, I thought about that way too. And, in, and engage in that. Or you might say, actually, I thought about that a little bit differently and, and respond in such a way that lets them know that you were also doing some thinking. For me, it's about trying to figure out what's happening in their minds. Sometimes I hear really good teachers that are so poised with the next question that they're not actually listening. Um, and, and if they would, the, what the children are saying, what the students are saying would actually inform the next question better than a pre-written set of questions. Um, so, you know, specifically I'm talking to parents at this moment or, or aunts and uncles or whoever, try not to be as rushed maybe sometimes as we feel like we need to be when we're having conversations with kids, because what they have to say is so important. And it's not about the answer, right? It's right. not about what you get. It's how about like, you how are you about thinking that? about that? Even if they get like a wrong answer, yeah. and that could be fruitful to go, Yeah, what, what were you doing to come up with that? Because that's yeah. kind of interesting. I got something else. I, I, let me tell you what I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. And, and and parents, teachers have, you know, 20 to 30 kids in their classroom. Right. So they might be a little more pressed for time. You're driving in the car, you're chatting with the, the relatives at, at whatever gathering. Take some time, relax a little bit, kind of like... Put, put that personal interest into really kind of digging into the relationships that kids um, might be using in their head and share kind of maybe what you're thinking about. We'd like to give a quick shout out to Christopher Danielson, who has both the talking math with your kid hashtag and also the which one doesn't belong blog and, so and examples in his book is great. Uh, we think he's a great example about how to have these kinds of conversations with kid, kids. And also John Orr, who has his math before bedtime. Y'all, we'll put links to those guys and their work in the show notes because we think they have some great ideas about talking with kids um, when you have some time to really dive into what they're thinking. Remember to join us on Math Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram Wednesday Eves where we explore problems with the world. Y'all, if you're interested to learn more math and you want to help yourself and your students develop as mathematicians, then don't miss the Math is Figure Outable podcast because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.